not everybody wants it. You know, I was on the verge of not wanting to be here anymore. And the gym switched all that around. You know, this guy's been happy forever, dude. He loves his life. You know, yeah, and yeah. I hated my life. I hated my life. And the gym made me love my life again. And that's why, like, that's that's where that drive comes from. Hey, folks. Welcome to episode 174 of the Becoming Human podcast. This episode features Carl Heider. Carl is a loving father who had struggled to make healthy choices for himself and his family. When Carl had found weightlifting, he found a pathway to self-improvement, discipline, and a love for the experience of physical exercise over consumption and entertainment. Carl and I attended the same high school. We were all looking for our own way in life. We were working with challenging adversity and our personal flavor of self-defeat. We both didn't thrive in the traditional school system. Since I last saw Carl in school years ago, he's become a father and stoked a passion for weightlifting that has enriched his ability and desire to bear responsibility, manage his feelings, and connect with his family, his community. Weightlifting has shaped Carl as incidentally as the waves polish a rock. An experience forces you in a certain way. Every time the wave thrashes the rock, the rock can only do certain things. Every time you lift weights, there are constant and variable experiences that you encounter. Over time, it might guide you somewhere else, for better and for worse. It isn't inevitable that these things will improve you, but it is possible, maybe even likely. Want to learn more about Carl? You can find him on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Big D. I wonder what the story behind that name is. And here's Carl. Enjoy. In order for you to be defined and for people to know who you are, you develop an identity over time. And I think when we were kids, this used to be a big thing because, like, people used to try to would act like things, right? You'd wear certain clothes. You would emulate like certain cultures like goth like you know and like uh like hip-hop culture uh rock culture all that kind of crap right and people would be like you're like posing but really what's that like you're trying to act out and play pretend different forms of identity to figure out what fits you but then i look at you and it's like you're starting to wear you're wearing the same hat you might have done that before in the past but like you're exercising you know consistently over time you, you built this your body has changed now and like, I'm like, Carl, you've had an identity, but like your identity is even solidifying further and you're becoming this, this unis, but distinctly Carl. It's, it's lovely, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And it's just true, I guess. Cause I mean, they're, they're, you know, you already got lifters and everything in school. I did. You got those, those clicks and it's like, I'm the same me, I guess the hat but then a different me now when it comes to like a different scene uh or like a different surrounding i hang out in which is which is crazy because i mean you see some people they're still i'm still friends with some people like danny you are the same person you were in high school like to a t i'm like you have not changed you still work a basic job like you're still up like say you're still up working at Switzerland in the winter time for that free pass but the still down seeing tables at restaurants during the summertime 
like you're living that same life that I knew you before. And it's like, that's cool. Like that works. You know, that's awesome. You know, me, unfortunately, I, yeah, I can't be that way. The only thing I have that consistent is my family in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> my jobs aren't even consistent. If I feel like I can go somewhere else and, and get better and be better and it'd be a better decision for my family, I pray about it. And depending on how that goes, it's like, boom, that's where I need to go. Then I'm out. You know, I've left jobs in five years and, you know, another five years to start completely over the bottom of the pokes. I'm like, this job will serve me better. Like I got that feeling, you know, where did this uh, drive and, and mindset come from? Because from my experience, like, you know, just a backstory, you and I went to school together, you know, we went to an alternative school together, in fact, and even in an alternative school where people aren't able to like attend um, the, the conventional high school in the area, like there's different reasons for that. Right. And the one of my greatest fears is not just because of an alternative school, but life in general, which I found out by working in the restaurant while going to alternative school, is that some people really struggle, regardless of how much or how little adversity, to break through in their life. And I don't mean to be famous or to be rich, but like I would work at a restaurant and people would be like working there in their 30s or 40s. And that's like, that's all that they got. And they go to the, the bar, you know, most days out of the week, their body stays the same. They seem to like, I didn't see people like growing and like, I can do new tricks with my body. I can do new skills or, you know, like any of those kinds of things. It was just like rinse, grind, repeat and there to work. It, it's, like, it's, it works. That's it. it. It works for them, you know? So honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. Like for a long time, I was the same person. Like, and I would you know, go to work, hang out, play games, whatever. And it was the overall drive was knowing that it was, I was so, cause you know, being, being married, like that was a huge thing. And it was like, cool. like, now I'm a provider. So now my goal goes to get to do the best I can do for my family. Like, that's me. I'm a husband. I'm a provider. Like I'm a father. That's what I need to do. And I got that work drive from that, from becoming a father. It's like, cool. And then it's like, I just got, you know, divorce and that was huge because now here I am just drinking and going to the gym. Well, you know, I'm obviously not giving my hardest if I'm going to the gym gym and I'm like, you know, 24 to 36 ounces deep, you know, I'm, I'm already drinking, like I'm drinking all the way to the gym. Obviously I'm not giving my, my best effort, you know, and it was finally a new relationship, like, um, and it was just like, hey, you know, you, it wasn't, I wasn't told I had a problem drinking, but I was told that, you know, you told me before we moved in, before we started dating, that you only drank because you were unhappy. Now we're together. Are you still unhappy? And I was like, oh, like holy cow. No, like I'm not. I guess now I just do it because it's a habit. And I do it before I go to the gym. Cause it's a habit and I feel like I do my best cause it is a habit and I'm still achieving the same goals as before. So it's like, I'm not even losing anything. And I feel like that's okay. Cause I'm just staying level. Like I've plateaued and it's like, I felt like that was cool, you know? And after, after that is where like the drive came in. Cause then there were other people that were like, dude, Hey, you're looking good let me work out with you. And I mean, there were times where like my life was super hard, bro. I was like, dang, I want to, you know, I want to, uh, just, I don't want to live anymore. I don't want to be here. I don't need this. You know, maybe I'll just 
do this or that or whatever, people are going to be better off without me, you know, because that's what everybody thinks. They get in that funk and they're like, oh, well, what, yeah, whatever. Um, but it was just how much I could change other other people's lives. And like when people look at me and they see thoughts and it's like, dang. And my biggest thing is, bro, I'm young or I'm not young. I was young at one point. <laughs> I'm almost 30 now. Oh, but Yeah, you're young. Yeah, I look and I'm like, dang, I can usually always find something that I relate to somebody in. And I use that to just get close to people and help motivate them. And that's what drives me because like, hey, man, I've been where you're at. And look at me now. And like, it sucks now, but it's going to be great later. Like that, that's how it is. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, my God, you you broke one leg and look at where you're at. I've broken both legs look at where I'm at. Like, you know, I've, oh, wow. you, you, you're, you're married and it's rough. I've been married and divorced and now remarried, dude. And like, and it, it can come like, I mean, you are having problems finding your way with maybe some religious thing. It's like, I did that for years. I studied four or five different religious cultures oh. for years, all at the same time, man. And like, tell me what you want to know. And I'll help you. And I'll tell you just and at the end of the day, just pray about it, bro. You want to you want to go to the gym and you want to receive all these great things. Well, guess what? Like, it takes time, and especially for women because they're just like, oh, I don't want to be huge and big. And I'm like, bro, trust me, it's not that easy. I've known this for five years, and look at me. Okay, granted, I've come a long way. It's like it took me five years, and I'm not anywhere near where I want to be. You know, it's you got to get out of that comfort zone. And if you're not the person that can direct somebody in that direction or you don't have somebody like that, then it's hard, dude. Like, look at you. I was literally just telling my girl, I was like, dude, I went to school with this guy. And he's like, this amazing dad. And I'm an amazing dad. And it's like, and I was like, he always, every time I look at his story, his son's learning something new, like hitting a skate park with a scooter. It's awesome. And it's great to see. Because yeah. there's oh, not enough fair. dads like, yeah, there's not enough dads like that out there. And there's one of my buddies who we just had a falling out over something ridiculous. I, I just told him the same thing. I was like, dude, like you don't have any friends that are dads. I was like, but what you're doing that I see it like is good. Like, dude, I'm a great dad. I know it. People tell me that. I was like, you never be telling. I was like, you're a great dad. You're like, you ever just stand, stand back and look how your son looks at you. Mm. I was like, that's it. You, you go to the gym every single day and you go to the Y. So it offers childcare. And like your son is like, Hey, like dude, my dad's putting in the grind to go to the gym seven days a week. I don't yeah. agree with like that kind of that much gym time, but I was like, mm -hmm. he sees you consistent with it, bro. So now maybe he's going to want to do that, you know, and yeah. instead of falling off into drugs or something, he has this dad that he knows he can go to the gym with any day of the week. Mm -hmm. yeah, and the way to be able to connect with them, because like I, what I found is that we often like to connect through habits, right? And I did that with my mom through drugs. And it was like, because I would always seek, like, what kind of, not very thought out, but like, what kind of habits could I do or what could I do activities with the, my mom so that I could connect with her and bond with her. And like, I'm not like discrediting TV and movies, but like TV and movies, they were, they were only so satisfying. Like, they were only so stimulating, right? And I was craving to do things that like were very intense. And I didn't understand that as a kid. I just escalating, you know, and it was like, well, 
Like my mom smokes weed, right? My mom drinks, like, you know, my mom smokes cigarettes. And I didn't think like, I'll do that to connect with it. It wasn't very thought out. But like, I love to be able to be the little like 11 year old who's able to go in the room with the adults and go and smoke weed with them. While the, the kids and stuff younger than me and sometimes even older than me were not in there. And I was always like playing. Out. Yeah, I was always playing to that maturity level so that I could feel like I belong. But truth be told, like, you know, I did BMX when I was a kid, but my mom never raised me. And my dad was never really around. And he introduced the BMX. But when he was out of the picture and even doing BMX, it'd be like, here you go. And like, I would go and do my BMX and maybe tell my mom about it. Right. But we didn't have like these intense experiences. And the only reason why I've been able to make sense of that is because even when I had my son, I would crave a level of connection. And we would play games like Kikfu, things like that when he was really little. And I'd teach him how to walk or not keep, help him walk. Um, and I connected with him for that. But as he got older, doing more things like a gym, right? Where it's, it is challenging for me and it's going to be challenging for him. Going for a run, you know, taking care of a dog, like something like that is so stimulating that it brings us to a mindset that is like non-standard. It's not the same as just sitting and looking each other in the eyes, which that's great too. But like we get to connect in this way that I feel, that I feel whole. And if I only did drugs, um, you know, and I, or if I even mostly did drugs, right, then how else could I connect intensely? How else could I be like, you need to be careful with this or like, you know what I mean? Don't do too much of this or this can be dangerous. The only way opportunity I would have that in a movie watching and working environment with some drug use on the weekends would be to do drugs. So without that, with like backpacking and, and going biking with, with my son, and escalating biking. Let's do tricks. Let's race or let's go see how far we go 12 miles, 15 miles. And I'm like getting to go to that place with my son in a way that I found was very positive. And it makes me desire to do drugs less, if that makes sense. Like, and it makes me to eat less, like, you know, fun food less. I want to like, want to go run. I feel like a little dog sometimes, spinning circles. Yeah. No, I, I it's, it's, yeah, definitely it. Like, Right now, my my boys are in the motorcycles. Oh, it's super dude. weird. So, like, because I don't have obviously, I can't just. They're three now, so I can't just put you on oh, yeah. the back of the the motorcycle and just you know go. You know, so they got bikes for outside that don't have pedals, but they run on. And I was actually because mm-hmm. they're always like motorbike, motorbike. Every time, every time my friends come over and we line them up outside, they're like motorbike, motorbike. And I was actually right before. Uh, I got married, you know, I'm all fitted. We're in Spokane and we're searching for my buddy, trying to find him something because he just got ordained so he can marry us. And uh, we went to Burlington and they're closing down, whatever, not to go. And there were two Batman, like little indoor, like motorcycle things. And they make little noises and everything. So since I got twins, I swooped those two up and I brought them home and they were just like, amazed and they're going on and they're like my motorbike's faster than dad's and all this stuff and just zooming around the house racing each other and they're just kicking their little feet just moving and it's like they they love it and a lot they love uh like anything spider-man related you know and i got spider-man tattoos and iron man tattoos and they're like that's spider-man you know spider-man and stuff they're playing with 
Hulk stuff. And like, I'm a huge Marvel nerd. So I try to keep that going and they'll sit down and just watch it. Earlier, one of my boys, we, baby Cameron, we're just sitting there and we're watching like a Clint Eastwood cowboy movie from 1964. Like we're just sitting watching it. He's just so, he's so into it. And I'm like, you like cowboys? And he's like, yep. Shaking his hand, just dead into it. We're just sitting on the couch. Commercial comes on. He's done with it. He's out. He's like, whatever. (laughs) Uh, But he's, you know, playing with Hot Wheels, little motor, like little uh, motorcycle Hot Wheels. And I mean, we have we have uh, weights around the house and like uh, cowbells. And he'll just walk up with a cowbell, 20-pound cowbell. I'm like, dude, you're three years old carrying this thing around. Now, he doesn't set it down gracefully, yeah, but he can lift it up and just carry it around. And it, oh, it's, it's amazing. Like, though, it was funny because I came back from the gym one day and uh, he's like, yeah, feel my muscles. And they're all flexing stuff. Feel their little muscles. And I'm like, yeah, man, those are big. I was oh, like, feel dude. mine. And he's like, dad, daddy, you're soft. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, you, you broke my heart, man. They but know, it's, man. It's, they, they know, they know. And I was like, all right, I guess I got to go harder in the gym. Like, tell me my muscles are, my muscles are mm-hmm. soft. Like, <laughs> but, um it's yeah, it's one of those things and it's i feel like one of them really took after me and then the other one really took after uh his mom it's like one of them has long beautiful hair we have not ever given him a haircut and the other one has like just short i like it. I, I like it i think it's wild but it's like you know my girl says ugly my wife says ugly hair i'm like no this is awesome i love it he had a rat tail rocked a rat tail for a little bit but we cut his hair regularly and uh he's you know he's like super tall he's like in the 95th percentile for like length and i'm like dude you are a tall baby (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. but uh they just love like being strong and i was like we're gonna we're gonna relate in the gym super yeah. well because like that's all they know they see me and i got they, they're playing with my shaker bottles they want to take drinks from my shaker bottles they're climbing up on my uh counter they're like i want to scoop like you know as i'm doing like preparing my uh my shakes my creatine like my pre-workout they're all taking the scoopers and they're wanting to help me like getting super into it they know where the cabinet is they know what i need when i need it before i go to the gym they know what i need after i go to the gym like oh. they are crazy smart and they just they see it and that's why, you know, I'm, I'm no doubt. Like, these guys are going to be great. They're going to do so good in the gym. They're, they have each other to help. Even when I get to the point where I can't do that, if they decide to continue that, or if they do weightlifting in school, they have each other to help, which yeah, is exactly. uh, great. And to me, I go through, I go through a lot of weightlifting partners. I get, I guess like in the last five years, I've gone through five, I'd say about one a year because they, uh, they just, they don't want it as bad as me. And a lot of the time I, I'm like, like this happened the other day. One of my good buddies, we ride motorcycles, every good friend lives up the street, knowing each other since high school. And he, uh, he has a lot going on, you know? And I was like, okay, so you're not going to make it. Like, I guess this is the end of our fitness journey. Like, if you still want to work out with me, you know, let me know. Cause you know, obviously I got friends who go to other gyms. And I'm like, you know, I'll come work out with you on chest day, but it's $10 for me to go to your gym. Or since I have such a good relationship with the owner of mine, you can come to my gym for five bucks, dude. Mm-hmm. And I'll pay it or you can pay it or we can, you know, switch who pays it and stuff. And I was like, not a big deal to me. 
So he comes with me every Monday to do chest. And uh, mm -hmm. I was like, we can have that same workout relationship that me and him have, you know, because I was like, I'm not, I feel like a lot of people try to make excuses mm -hmm. when it comes to having a hard time keeping a habit going. And I'm like, man, that happened to me once, dude. I get it. But then when you do that, I feel like, all right, you know what? Yeah, my workout partner's not going. And uh, I get so used to having a partner for so long that I'm like, okay, well, he's not going, but he said he can make this day. Then I'm not going to go. And then I'm starting to get out of my own habit. And I told him, I was like, this is where our, our fitness journey ends here together. And I was, you know, like, cause mm -hmm. I don't want to fall into that habit again. I've yeah. had three partners who got me in that. And he was cool with it. Totally cool. And uh, I felt so bad. Like I had a, got a good lift i got one of the best lifts i've had in a while uh because you know obviously you lift better sometimes by yourself than with two people you get more done i get a mm -hmm. fuller lift a better pump and i it's just eating me in the back of my head yeah. and i had to talk to my girl and i was like oh do you think i was too hard tell him i don't want to lift with him anymore i mean he's only 120 pounds but when he went into the gym over the last six months the progress he's made i get people messaging me like hey dude your boy is looking good like he's making gains i get yeah. people messaging me like one of the guys like i just had a falling out with he's like dude i he he's making a lot of gains you know i want to work out with you guys but i don't ever want to go to your gym i was like well, your gym doesn't have what i need to to help you get a good workout so i'm not mm -hmm. going to go to yours and he's like dang he's like well he's looking good he's like i just barely put you know 155 up one time the other day and i was like well this guy that's working out with me has been working out with me for five or six months now. He puts up more than that and he's 30 or 40 pounds smaller than you. And he's like, wow. I would love to see that. I don't, I don't, I don't believe you. So I actually mm -hmm. took different videos. I was like, here's him at 135. He did two. Here's him at 145. Here's him at 150. I was like, you said you have a hard time putting 155 up. Look at how easy this guy puts 150 up. He didn't do 155. We did a lot of heavy weight before that, but he ended up hitting a couple of days later, 155 with his brother um, at the gym. And I was like, look, dude, like, here's how it is. Like the stuff I do, I do everything for a reason, you know, and it works. You've been working on twice as long as this guy. You weigh 30 to 40 pounds more than him. He came into the gym. He could not bench press 115. I'm helping him activate his muscles and stuff and get everything done. And in that six months, he's now up to 155 one time but that that is extremely good you know like for wayne wayne 120 and an extremely healthy category mm -hmm. but like i'd ask my girl i feel so bad and she's like baby like not everybody wants it like you you know like at the end of the day this is what you do you mm -hmm. religiously go to the gym five days a week you work all day you go to the gym you're home for maybe three hours and then you're going to bed some people some people want more than that. And, you know, and I was like, ah, oh, you're right. And this has been what I wanted for like five years. Cause it's what I know that makes me happy. Like, I guess I used to be super depressed and just, you know, I, I wouldn't hype anybody up, dude. I would go into the gym, mind my own business. Like you got problems in your life. Cool. I don't care. You know, I used to, it's just like these last, I'd say three years is where I've really been like the, best feeling three or four years best feeling in my life <clears throat> to where i can help people out 
and I can have him up. And I actually was so upset with myself. I had to apologize to my friend. I was like, look, I am so sorry. And I was like, I would love to continue to be a part of your fitness journey. And I would love it if you would allow me to be there while you continue to grow. Mm Because that would make me happy. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I should never have done that. Like, I should never have said that to you. And you were so cool about it, but I was not cool. And it ate me up until I had to get a second opinion. And, Mm -hmm. And I was wrong. I was like, I was wrong, dude, because you might not want it. Like you, you, you got personal things going on that you talk to me about. And I tell you not to talk to me about in the gym Mm -hmm. because it blocks growth. I was like, and then we talk about it or we might not talk about it. And I know it's bad for you. And you're in a tough spot. And I was like, that was wrong of me to like say that to you. I I told him all that. And he's just like mind blown, you know, but I'm just like, I'm like, you go to the gym. Like, let me know what days you're like, you know, just message me hey i'll be at the gym i'll tell you what we're doing i'm gonna be there for you you know because it's the same way because i was still like i still got your back outside the gym you know whatever you need help with but i was like i wanted to change because i felt like he had let me down i took it so deep that he couldn't make it for like the fourth day in a row that i felt assaulted and it i should not have felt that way and it was like yeah i was i was mad at him in the gym but outside of gym, I was like, dude, bro, like, I still got mm-hmm. you. And it took me being like, I need to be the same person outside the gym or the same person in the gym that I am outside the gym to be the best friend for him, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's huge. Cause I don't, you know, it's not everybody wants it. You know, I was on the verge of not wanting to be here anymore. And the gym switched all that around. Wow, you know this guy's been happy forever dude he loves his life you know and i hated my life i hated my life and the gym made me love my life again and that's why like that's that's where that drive comes from that's what you know? i think that i have a lot of struggle with with learning the way right rather than a way and i mean that in terms of like philosophically or spiritually or religiously or personal like to figure out a way for you to um, improve the quality of life, whether it's in your body, in your mind, or in your community. It's in religion, not throwing religion out entirely, but in religion on its own, right? Without self-experimentation and, and recreation. Um, it's difficult because it's like, this is the way. And you realize that like, when you immerse yourself into these experiences, these different divergent experiences, work, fitness, children you're learning more about yourself you know and you're figuring out what your values are and how do you be how do you be compassionate and disciplined like you know because sometimes that conflicts and when when is it right for carl to be more compassionate or when is it right for him to be more disciplined and you even have that with like with honesty you know the simplest one is like your wife might ask how she looks right and like that's a that's a philosophical quandary is like well, do I, do I be honest or do I, do I sit here and consider your emotions? And then when people say like, take it personally, when is it wrong for me to be abrasive or for me to be honest? And when is it wrong for that person to take everything personally? And it's very, very hard to lecture and to like detail the instruction. But to me, it sounds like going out and having this experience you had to create values and create rules for yourself that you never had before. Is that fair? Yeah, oh yeah, dude. I mean, you know me, dude. Like, mm-hmm. bro, we 
we were friends and it, we, we went to the same school. Like that school had no rules, dude. No, 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 do whatever, man. Yeah, and it's like there wasn't. It was one of those like I I, to this day people ask me, "Yo, you graduated?" I'm like, "Yeah, I graduated," but it's because I did a second senior year, and they got tired of wanting to see. Like, they didn't want to see me anymore. They didn't want to deal with calling me because I was 18 and I wouldn't show up to school. They didn't want to do that anymore. I was like, so I think they passed me because of that. I was like, I don't care personally. I got the diploma. I did what I had to, but I had no rules. Let me put that, put this into context though, in someone who like I've stepped into like here in Washington, right? I was a paraeducator for like a, a school for children who were like really aggressive and violent, throw rocks at you and all that other stuff. But I worked with teachers that taught in like private schools, public schools, and then the school that I was at. Like they, they've been in education for their whole life. And I was talking to them. We had kids there that they were they were not, they didn't do work, right? Because you try to get them to do work all the time. They'd hump the floor or spit on people. And like, and most of the time, it wasn't like a developmental disability. It was just behavioral disability or behavior, like learned behaviors. Um, but they would, they would graduate these students to the next class. And they did not, they did not do it based off of the academic expectation. That was not the first consideration because this isn't what it looks like when you're looking at a group. And this is the kind of weird thing that I didn't realize when I was a kid. It's that they had to look at this kid. If they held this kid back, this kid causes so much disruption, which is for this kid anyways, why he wasn't doing his work, right? And if they were to keep him there, then he's going to boon the class. So every time people pass through middle school, he's going to be, we're going to go through the next year again, and he's going to do the next thing. And he's just going to affect everyone else. Like you were talking about your friend and like, you know, when you're, when you're lifting, right? If he loses motivation, you're not going to have motivation. So they look at it like that sometimes and they'll move them up. And I, this isn't just in the school because I was talking to the teachers and they're like, yeah, this is something that they do in public school often. And here in Washington, um, oftentimes it's more deferred to moving them up and graduating them through rather than having someone who's like a boon in the classroom or, you know, not doing their work or something like that. Like kind of what you're saying. Which it's it's odd because from my perspective, I didn't understand what the priorities were. And when you're like a teacher, or sometimes even when you're a parent, like at the end of the day, you're kind of just trying to make it through the day. Yeah, like, <laughs> especially with kids, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's that's crazy. And it's yeah, that's that's so even, weird. I didn't even know. Here, get this. Like, you, did you ride the bus at all when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So did, did you know that you, I, so this is maybe just me. I thought that if I did something really bad, they wouldn't take me to school one day and my mom would have to take me. And like, my mom would get really mad. My mom has to work, right? Like most people's parents have to work. And it's like, well, my mom can't just take me to school. So I definitely shouldn't break certain, certain rules, right? Because then I'll never be able to go to school. My life will be over. You know what I learned from the from, from here? And I just don't know if they do it in Idaho. It's that actually they legally are required to provide you transportation. That's like a public right. So if you get kicked off of the bus, they provide you private, private bus. And if they can't provide you private bus, even if you ruin it or they just can't drive out to there on the single bus, they have to pay you for a cab or some other accommodation. So no matter how far you go, 
you, they have to still take you to school at the end of the day. And I, so I don't, and I don't say that like poo-poo, like school system, but when I was a kid, I was so afraid that like, it'd be the end of the world if, and I realized you now like working out on the bus. Place, it's yeah. And I realized that from the perspective, even learning to the teachers and what they're trying to give the students for work, that teacher was trying to go home at the end of the day and, and to her family. And, and she just wanted to have a smooth day. Sometimes you'd have goals and stuff like that, but it's like, I just need to get my year done and meet my expectations. And it was few and far between that someone would be like you in exercise, like really nerdy about it, but in education to students, like very few. And it's, and it's not crazy and sad, it's sad, but it's not crazy because what I'm learning, what you're saying right now about your like fitness, that's why I find you're such a beautiful example of this, just because of who you are, is that you're in the slot, like one of the slots that really fits you. You're like passionate and you embody that, you know, and it maybe didn't do that for you in the past, but it clearly does now. And it has been for a while. My friend was talking about it yesterday. He's like the same way you are with lifting, but with jujitsu. And he's been doing it for like five, six years in this sense. He's in a group of people. He's one of the people who's like dedicated, committed, and just in love, right? And he keeps telling me that. He's like, man, I wish you were here because like I keep, I keep getting these people as my assistant coaches and I'm trying to bring them up through the ranks. And they're like, you know, how much uh, they're not showing up consistently. And I'm like, dude, you got to show up consistently if you want to be an assistant coach. And they're like, well, I'm not getting paid. So I, I can't show up consistently and I got a lot of things going on in my life. And he's like, no, dude, I need you to like put this energy into it. And that's the same with teachers and the same with just groups of people, you know? That's yeah, that's exactly how it is. And it's crazy that you say that because <clears throat> my brother, Jamie, you know, Jamie, mm-hmm. yeah, he is huge into jujitsu. He's doing just jujitsu competitions like crazy. He's actually been training. I don't know if he has a competition or a fight coming up, but um, like he, like, it's funny. Cause he's always like, dude, he shows me these, and he used to be so angry all the time. Like we had a huge falling out because of how angry he was at one point in his life. Uh, and it's one of the things that fueled me to go, but like the way I am about the gym is the way he is about jujitsu. And he's like, he's gone to competitions in Las Vegas. He has pictures with uh, Wiz Khalifa standing mm-hmm. next to him. And like, you know, competitions where they have to smoke before you can participate. And he's coming in yeah. second place. And like he he is just this, I will say, I will say to, to me, I look at him as an like an icon. Like I do, but me, I'm scared because I'm gonna I won't live. I don't even want to go to a place in Sandpoint because of the open mats or something, or he might he might be there. And sometimes, you know, he gets super competitive because if he just depending on what mood he's in, it's like, dude, he's going to help you or, you know, he's not going to help you. And me, I'm always in that mood where I do, I'm down to help you. I'm giving other kids advice in the gym. Like I had a, there were two kids in there a while ago, man. They were so infatuated with what I said that every time they step into the gym, they're like, Hey, what's up? And I'm like, Hey man, you, you eating your protein? Yeah. You drinking some protein? Yeah. It's like, all right, you got that creatine. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, really? Like, Whoa, you're taking it to the next level. And he's like, yeah, man. I'm like, all right, that's, that's awesome. That's impressive. I love it. But then at the same time, like I tried to get healthy because I was also there when somebody else was like, dude, those kids that were super like uh, infatuated with you, they were also infatuated with this other guy in the gym because he's just throwing 100 pound dumbbells around. I was like, no, that's cool. He's like, well, it's not cool because that guy looked at them and said, if you really want to get like this, you got to start hitting that needle. 
And I was like, bro, like he said that to like these little kids, like, and I was just, I was like, that's oh, no shit, good. Man. And I, yeah, it's upsetting. But I mean, cause like, I'm like, I'm super passionate about the gym, obviously. And then the jujitsu, I'm scared to do jujitsu, dude. I am, but I want to do it. Cause like, I need, I want more mobility. I want to be able to, you know, move my arm stuff better. I've thought about yoga too, yeah. but uh, I, I get scared cause my brother, he is for the longest time, he was a white belt. And I guess there was a guy in Sandpoint, like his trainer who was holding him back. So now he travels all the way from Sandpoint to Spokane mm -hmm. to do jujitsu. Oh, wow. And he's in this gym and they're like, do we want you at the front of our thing? Like, we want you oh. being the team and stuff. They're like, why you're still a white belt? We don't know. But like, he is rolling brown belts and stuff all day. Like, oh, wow. I, I have, I got no idea of the belt levels or anything like karate. I know those belt levels. I know those because I got, yeah. I got a couple of those, but um, it's just crazy. So and I'm, I'm honestly like, it's where I'm like, dang, you know, I'm going to, I might start asking him for some advice you know because like it's cool like i'm a big dude and i can hurt somebody or whatever but i don't want to be hurt either i don't want to hurt anybody i don't want to yeah. be hurt oh yeah and i was like if i can if i can get a good defense it makes for the best offense because if i'm good at jujitsu mm -hmm. and like being me big whatever and i can maneuver then that'd be that'd be real cool and oh, it's crazy because like my brother comes to me if he needs help lifting certain things or growing certain muscles he comes to me i give him a workout and everything and it's like I, I he knows he can ask me and it's because i i help him because i want to help everybody but i'm scared to ask him mm -hmm. for jujitsu you know yeah and it's like because he's he's so good i wouldn't even need to really i wouldn't i wouldn't have to pay him like he, i know he would enjoy showing me things mm -hmm. and stuff and i could get like a feel for it to see if i even like it first and he yeah. that you know he knows he can do that with me in the gym Mm -hmm. And it's super cool because um, it, it just shows how much you can see fitness changes people, you know? And that's, and that's love and vulnerability, by the way. Because I just, like, I hear that. And there's, like, you have, like, relationship things that, you know, over time that have, like, shaped it and, and, and melded and things like that. And, like, like I said, if you didn't have jiu-jitsu, if you didn't have lifting, if you didn't have a recreation, all you'd have is words and promises. But, like, when you go in and step in and do jiu-jitsu, like, you know, I've, I've grappled with your brother and, and I love that opportunity. And the like, yeah. The, yeah. Cause I came down to, when I come down to standpoint, I try to train down or do drop ins at the, the gym there and stuff. And I was super excited cause I, I saw him and I was like, Oh, you're into this. And he's like, yeah. And then I rolled with him and I'm like, Oh no, you're really into this. And yeah. And that's the thing that, and the thing is, is that he's like really into it. And I paid attention, was paying attention to him, you know, over the course of months after that and talking to him and stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. You're like, your martial arts into this. You're into this in jujitsu and, and in martial arts. And this is like, like you're very passionately into this, this singular topic. But then I like, I, I was, I was looking at you and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, look at what Carl's doing. Cause him and I talked about you. And then I was like, wow, how is he doing? And I learned about you and I was like, Oh my God, this is what blew me out of the waters. Like he's like embodying that, like, master pursuit of mastery in jiu-jitsu and, and also like mma right and then you're over there pursuing mastery in weightlifting and it's very clear that like it is different and not that that matters to you guys but it mattered to me because i see people on their own paths independent of each other 
for finding their own path of mastery, coming from the similar school, you know, and lifestyle and stuff that I did. And that's what I was like, wow, you guys are so cool. And I didn't even know that you guys were able to, to, to connect in that level with it. And it's almost beautiful that it's not a parallel pathway because, you know, you, you get the opportunity to do what you said, to a humbling opportunity like he does for you with lifting, to ask him for jujitsu and jujitsu technique. And, like, you have to trust each other for that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's huge and like that's you told me you gotta to like do that with him and it that made me so excited like and it's because i love what he's doing like the other actually the other day he asked me so he was also into like uh doing cage fights he really wanted to do that and uh it was just crazy because his very first cage fight was so huge to me that he went to throw raps and i and then he actually asked me for them like two days ago and I got like super emotional. I was like, I do, I'm pretty sure I still have them up in my closet. Why? And he's like, because he's like, you knew I was going to go somewhere. And even though we had this falling out, like he knew I was going to be something great. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and now I'm I'm like, my overall goal is to find those. And I'm going to, I'm going to do the same thing because I love all the Marvel movies, but then Iron Man, his wife, Pepper, gave him the first arc reactor and said, you know, proof that Tony Stark has a heart and I'm going to do something like that with his oh, first man. wrist wrap. So I'm going to get it in a box if I can find them. I know they're in here because I don't, I don't ever throw anything away, dude. It's a problem of mine. Like I throw, <laughs> I, I will throw stuff. I'm not a hoarder, but like little <laughs> things like that, like mean, mean stuff to me, you know? And it was like when his, it, it, it was like a huge thing in his life. And I still have the original video of his first fight and everything. Like I was a huge part of it, but uh, yeah. And just like something I want to do. And one of the biggest things that drove him was the, was the fact that he failed that first time to something so simple. And it's the fact that he was, he was simply used as a, as like a, uh, what are they like? A, just a filler fight, dude. Like he, yeah, he had I, no chance. It was, he had no chance of that. Um, but we all went in it with like me and him such high confidence and I, mean, I got no idea. I'm just yelling what I think, you know, yeah. do this, do this, you know, whatever. Um, Cause he's in the cage and I'm like, yeah, you know, but I got, I got no idea. And it was oh, shitty because that guy had been training in a really high, high intensity <sighs> gym for so long. And Jamie was self-trained and then very few classes like in an actual gym and that loss drove him to become so great and i mean like he's he's getting injured from other people but he's humble about it because he's like it's just what happens mm-hmm. you know normally i know you get you get so mad like he's now he's so humble now like it has humbled him doing this because he has a way to channel his anger but then he knows that it's the name of the game. Like he's broken multiple people's arms in competitions. And I'm like, bro. And he's like, they get up and they're like, they hold, they grab their arm. They're like, Hey, that was a good one. They're not mad at him. They're not out for revenge. Cause it's, it's the, it's the name of the sport, dude. And I'm like, that's crazy. And it's cool. Cause like, that's, that's what's humbled me is I'm like, dude, like, look, Hey man, you're stuck here, dude. Like I've been there and don't give up. Or I've looked at people and I'm like, hey man, I'm stuck here. And I've looked at people bigger than me and people who I, they look bigger than me, but they might not be bigger than me. And I'm like, how do you get that? How do you do that? Like, let me pick your brain a little bit here. Like, what, how, do, how did you get to 25? 
but I, I can't do it. And you're smaller than me. And they tell me, they give me advice, they give me tips, stuff that works for them, stuff that doesn't work for me. Like, all right, that works for you, not, not me. And it's like a humbling thing because Jamie goes and he spreads what he learns to other people and helps other people. And he inspires other people, like greatly. And I mean, it's cool because for a while I wanted to get my boys into jujitsu and my kids. And I'm like, oh, they don't have classes up here. But now it's like, no, just, I'll just ask your uncle. I would just ask your yeah, uncle. Yeah. He'll teach you everything you want to know, you know? Mm-hmm. And Jamie knows he can do the same with me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm just going to have to talk to him. Like, bro, help me out here with some of this stuff because you have so much knowledge about it. And I want, I want you to show me, you know? And it's cool. And he knows because it's just, I can't, it, it takes, it's like, I want to ask him, but it's like, nah, I don't know, you know, but he's so comfortable mm-hmm. with asking me about, about anything weightlifting. Like if he wants to gain weight or he wants to gain certain muscles or like, hey, I need stronger leg. I got it. Let's do this in the gym and hit it twice a week, whatever. You want bigger shoulders? All right, easy. You want to work on the, the upper or the lower part, you know, the shoulder, like the peak mm-hmm. or your what's up, you know, and it's all that stuff. And then there's you, dude. I see your fitness stuff all the time, dude. I love how you rock climb. I love how you rock climb, dude. That's that's my favorite thing in the whole world is to rock climb. And it's the biggest thing is is that I'm terrified of heights, but I know it's like a complete delusion in the sense that like, like it's okay to be afraid of heights, but it's like, it's wild to me to be afraid of something that is safe. And, you know, like a social situation, I go up in front of people and like, oh, I'm scared to talk in front of these people. And it's like, that one's a little harder to say it's a hundred percent safe, but it is, you know, what are people going to do? Even if they ridicule me, but like, that's still pretty scary to think about. But in the, in the climbing, like you just, what's going to happen if I fall? And it's like, no, this whole system is intended for falling for the most part. And when I run, I'm not afraid that I'm going to fall in the concrete. You know, because I'll I'll figure out how to I'll maybe take a little like little scuff on the elbow or I'll roll forward and stuff like that. But I'm pretty confident in my ability to run. And so like with climbing, that's what I learned is that they people will tell you almost everyone here is afraid of heights. And if they're not, they're not likely to do this for long. Either they'll die or they'll lose interest. And the whole point of it is is to progress your way so that you feel comfortable. And as you do it more and more and more. You know, you'll be able to do harder and harder climbs or more and more exposed climbs or, you know, taller and taller stuff. And and even more and more stretched out of protection. So you'll take further and further falls, right? Um, but you realize that most people are afraid to fall. And you should be afraid to fall because you don't want to die, right? And you're not going to die when you fall. But, like, yeah. if you're not careful, that stuff could happen. So what, what, I, what I learned for me is, like... Um, I've always tried to, to do the right thing in my life, like to make the right choices, eat the right food, um, do the right things, right? If I were going to choose my activity and I'm the father, it's like, am I going to do a lot of drugs this weekend or am I going to go out hiking and am I going to go paint and all that other stuff, right? And it's like, that stuff's hard when I'm just saying, this is what you should do. But for me, like when I, my friend asked me, hey, do you want to take a course? It's $500 for, um, and I'll pay for half just like what you did offering for that gym membership for your friend to come to your gym, right? I'll pay it's five bucks for you to get in. I'll pay it this week. You pay it next week. My friend did me a favor. I'm like, sure. And we went on this uh, course and a guy taught us about trad climbing, putting your own protection into the stuff and like how to do it all yourself. 
And then the next day he took us um, 2,000 feet up on top of the rock spire. That's the only way to get up there is to climb up. And the spire is, is like as big as a park, like as big as a big parking lot at the top. And you sit there and you just look and you can, you're 8,000 feet elevation and with 2,000 foot drop all around. And there's all these people, old people, young people, heavy people, you know, scrawny people, scared people, confident, barely, no ropes really, or not much protection people. And I was like, this is like, this is the greatest thing that I've ever done. And for me, that was one of the few things in my life. Parenting did that, but to be honest with you, this and like martial arts like lit a fire under me where it was like, I am obsessed. There's no, there's nothing better than just this. If I only did this three times in the summer, I could look back on that fondly with like sparkling eyes for months, man. And um, like you said it earlier, I, before I was just chasing pleasure and I didn't want to do a lot of hard work if I could get high or drunk or well, mainly just high or if I could play games, right? With the least amount of effort, I was happy because it's the most reward. But you said it earlier when you were like the knowledge, like the knowledge that your brother has, the knowledge that you have you value that and you get so nerdy and excited about that, that it makes you come alive. And like, how the hell, how do you do that? How do you find things that make you come alive and pull you in a direction that, that is building you up rather than breaking you down. And for martial arts is a wonderful example because I think of this a lot. Like my son and I will do martial jujitsu together. He's been doing jujitsu for five years and you know, we've been, when I started training, he started training. And it's like, like, how does like choking my son and, and pretending to do like, or doing arm breaks, basically, how are we not like, am I not setting him up to be a serial killer? Like, I don't understand this. Why am I having fun choking my son and trying to get him and things like that? And I, and it's I realized love. that it is exactly, it was love. And I was like, I could do these things that like, I was afraid, like, oh, it's just all terrible. And I'm like, no, there's a way to do them to express love and to, to build camaraderie and all of those things. There's a thin veneer, but that's where your character and your principles, and you have to test, stress test yourself to, to find out who you are, you know? Yeah, well, it's like, it would be the same. It's like, uh, say, I, you know, hey, kids, like, we're going to lift weights together but I'm not going to lift with you or I'm dropping off at the gym, but I'm leaving. Like say you go and you drop your son off at jujitsu, but then you leave. And it's like, at that point, you know, I, I, you're giving your kids knowledge, but it, that, that, I guess that's when you'd be scared. Cause like, great. Now my kids are, I'm not there helping them, but they're getting the knowledge. They're getting the strength. Now my kids are going to go out and be a bully. Great. Or like you, it's like, say you take your son at jujitsu, you drop him off and then you leave and you're like, cool. Like, all right, you're giving him that knowledge, but now maybe he's going to go out and he has this knowledge and maybe he's going to, like, he's going to hurt somebody with like, oh, I'm going to just go around breaking arms or whatever, you know? And it's the fact that you're doing it with him and it's like the love in it. Like, why would he want to do something that he, you're, you're showing him love for that thing. So why is he going to want to take that thing he loves that you've showed him love for and use it for pain, I guess, yeah. you know? And, it, it would make no sense. A testament to that is, even is, is when I go to like all the time when you grapple, I even say when you lift weights too, you're not getting ridiculed. You have someone who's spotting you like all of these, you have to literally trust people, not just like, I'm going to tell you a secret. Don't go tell other people. Like, no, you got to trust people. But like to be able to drive, 
to the standpoint, right? When I'm going to take my son to go and do something, I have free time and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go grab a bunch of unknown people. But I know that there's a rule set and that, you know, people are, I can trust that a commercial business listed as jujitsu most of the time will follow within these rule sets. No one's going to try to actually hurt me beyond what I allow myself to be hurt. And then I see your brother and I'm like, I haven't seen you since like school. Oh my God, this is so cool. And we, we grapple and not seeing him since school, two people coming from like, I don't really think it's unscrupulous or like a, a dark, like, you know, place to come from or anything like that. But some people might be like, uh, I might not have been the person that you'd let your kids around at one point in my life. Right. And I was nice. I wasn't rude or anything like that. But if like, if your brother had aggression issues, imagine that, like, I didn't see, I didn't know, know him to have aggressive aggression issues. I didn't really know him in that level. But imagine me going to someone who would have aggressive aggression issues and maybe be difficult in certain environments when he was younger. And for me to go and not, not talk to him for hours or anything like that, just bump fists and have a jujitsu match, pretend to kill each other. And then one of us gives up, the other one stops. And that's what happened. And I, there was no question. And I felt so connected to him. I felt almost more connected to him than I thought I did when I was a kid. And I felt like I knew so much about him. I knew how, how graceful he was, how, how much he can consider it for other people, how disciplined, how strong, how technical, aggressive, all of those things in just that match. You know, and like I could see yeah. the same thing when we lift weights. Like when we lift weights, the way you're going to treat me, the way you're going to, um, you're going to lift weights and your discipline and all of those things. I'm going to know so much about you, probably more than what you could tell me. Yeah, dude. It's, and it's crazy. It's, it's that, that fiery passion, you know, and it's like, it's crazy. Cause I, like I said, I would probably learn a whole nother level of my brother if I allowed him to do that, you know, mm-hmm. he, he knows that level with me already. Cause he knows what, like, like I'm not, you know, he, he's lifted weights with me for months. I want to say we did four months of weightlifting together every day. And he still tell people, dude, I got a message, like, my last last partner and he's just like he's like i got a message from your brother and i was like oh nice what did it say uh, he said just trust you because the biggest he was ever in his life was when he when he worked out with you he said that's the biggest he'd ever been in his life my brother is the biggest he's like the most ripped like arm strength he had ever been in his life was when he worked out with me and he said just trust carl his lifts his routines are awesome and you will get there and now he's seeing that for himself and like my brother's experienced that with me mm-hmm. and it's super crazy and i feel super bad that i've not even tried to let try to experience that with him over something he loves so much but between you know, but with how how di- separately diverse we are like you know our family like our family is going to go great because we're so close He's so close to my kids and his kid is kid is going to be so close to me. And it's like, yeah. no matter what they want to do, it's like, Oh, this week you guys are going to do jujitsu. Then you're going to be off with your uncle. And next week, you know, you guys are going to want to wait. So you're going to, you're going to be with me. And it's going to be like the best of, uh, it's literally the best of both worlds, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and when, when you meet someone so passionate about something, I guess, you learn each more about him because it's like 
you know that like going to take care of them and that's mm-hmm. i guess for that person it's like it's a whole nother bonding thing they're like wow carl is maybe gentle because i was struggling so much and he knew when to not let me struggle he's telling me not to do this he's showing not to care he's showing enough care for me not to try this even though i got that kind of you know risky or whatever he's not letting me increase weight because my form was so bad on the last one or something or he genuinely cares about my body that he's not letting me do things that are going to hurt it even though i know i can do it but he can see it's going to hurt me and and that is like you know a connecting thing and it's like if someone were to do something with you man if i were to do something with you probably the same thing if it was yoga or jujitsu i'd be like dang like he knows what he's doing enough that i i don't need to question what he's doing because he knows what he's doing for me I don't know what I'm doing for me, you know, and it's like, I'm just going to trust you completely because mm-hmm. that that's your ballpark. That's your thing. And you're going to know more for me than I know for me. And at that point, that's a whole nother game changer. Cause that's a, that's a bonding point, bro. And you bond with somebody like that. It's like, this guy knows more for me than I know for myself. Like you're going to bond over that. And you're going to be like, so now not only do I know he's out to take care of me, but he's, he's trying to, get me in the right spot you know yeah, and it's, it's that trust thing because from there you you trust them and you trust their knowledge and it's an eye-opener you know and that's how it is it's like i have no idea what to do for yoga or jujitsu. i don't even know where to start but if i got on the mat with you or my brother i have 100 percent faith that with the knowledge you guys know i'm going to be okay no matter what and i expect everybody who's ever lifted with me to know that same thing you know, like, hey, I know this guy knows the knowledge for me. Like, just like it was Friday, I got the most gnarly arm pump by myself in the gym. Like, awesome. And some guy looks at me and went to school with him. And he's like, I meet everybody in the gym. I love to do that. I introduce myself to everybody. If I've never met him, man, I'm meeting you. You best believe Aww. it. And I'm letting you know, I got you if you want to go crazy dangerous in the zone or whatever. And they're like, yeah, I mean, there are, you know, yeah, I got you too. You know, I'm like, thank you. I don't ever need it because I know, you know, where I'm at, what I need. And I'll let someone know. I think there's been a handful of times where I've asked somebody for a spot. And this guy's like, cool, let's do it right now. Let's let's see what I can do on decline. Oh. And I was like, all right. And he didn't even know what he wanted to do himself. He looked at me and he's like, what do you think I should do? I was like, we got 55 on each side. How easy was that? He's like, fairly easy. All right, well, let's uh, let's add five. I wasn't paying attention, and we'll see. So he did that, got it up. I was like, cool, let's take these off. You can definitely do a 45 and uh, a 25 on each side. That's 185. He's like, all right, did it, got it, struggled, got it. And he's like, what do you think? Should I put a 10 on each side? Like, no, 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 that's just too much. It's too much. Maybe five on each side. And that was about it. That was where it was at. 185 was it, because when we went to 195, it was just too much for him. I was like, dude, there you go. Now you got it. Now, when you want to try again six weeks from now, you want to see your strength, you have a benchmark as to where you were. And he, he, he trusted me. He didn't even know what he wanted himself. I see him in the gym every time I'm in there, like, or every time he's in there, he knows he's going to see me. I don't see him a lot, maybe once or twice a week, but he knows he sees me. And it was, I was like, you, like, it, he trusted me, like, like barely knew me but he didn't know what he wanted for himself. And I was like, mm-hmm. dude, here's what we're going to do. And it's a good feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like that nerdy thing, knowing like other people just trusting you. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's like that. It's the, you know, it's that level of authority. And I had that with my son. I've had that as a conflict with parenting. Is sometimes like I'll catch myself and I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to lord over you. And it's like I need to back up. And in terms of like you know the kinds of discipline that I'd have towards my son and the kinds of things I wouldn't let him do. And it's like I'm just like playing these like these like maybe ego games that I don't realize. But to be honest though, there's some part of that that wants to be satisfied. Like I want to have authority over something in that in and I don't explicitly think I'm going to do rock climbing so I can have authority, right? But what I noticed is, is like those things stop happening, like cropping up in negative ways that are unintended when I have outlets to be able to share my knowledge. And the way that to avoid the pretension and to avoid like corruption, um, I always think that if you only got authority by being a manager, by being a role that was assigned to you, not a thing that you earned then oftentimes you will find that person could be corrupted by, you know, regulating their authority, by being that manager who just delegates everything, who's not really involved in it, or who um, is just telling people what to do, right? Micromanaging everybody. But like in that job, the only way that you're going to be directed towards being positive um, manager or positive sense of authority is by meeting the benchmarks that were already put forth. But when you earn an authority by what you've done, which is incredible, by committing yourself in a direction until you achieve knowledge, experiential knowledge, instructional knowledge, all of that. And you're like, I have earned authority. And you don't even have to say it because they look at you. They look at you by you taking up space in the gym, you know, every time you've earned it that way. They look at you with your body. You've earned it that way to the point to where you know, perhaps, that if you were to flaunt your ability you'd probably lose some authority. If you were to be like, you need to listen to me because I've been here the longest. Like, you know what I mean? Like over, overestimating your authority and, and demanding that people listen. There's like a way to share your knowledge while connecting and bonding with other people. And when you do it in these places, I think it's not a guarantee, but you're more likely to find the way to do it in the nicest, in the, the least amount of ego. You know, the least amount of just doing it because it feels good, but doing it because you believe in it. You believe in what you're helping people with. And you believe that people who are coming to you and asking you, hey, will you watch me? Will you, will you, will you watch me really hard, you know? Or like, what should I, what kind of, how should I incrementally add weight to this? That you've earned that. You haven't commanded that. You've only commanded that as a consequence of your body and of your routines and practices, right? People see you as a symbol, as a lighthouse bringing to shore in that way. And, and I've earned that through climbing. Like climbing is a big one. I can't do that to every climber by any means. But I could take people if I want to feel that and I love to do that because it means a lot to me to bond. If I take people who haven't climbed before or have only climbed a little bit, I now can command that level of like, I can give them knowledge that's useful to them. And if they really want to do it, like this is where you and your brother would be, your brother would probably love it, but maybe I just don't understand the situation. But when people see that you're interested in what you know, oh God, that just lights people up, man. We, we love to share those things, you know? It's like sharing my toys with someone. Or yeah, maybe not that, because you don't want to share your toys with that. But, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's a, a way to... It's, to it's the ability to share knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And knowledge that people really want. Because I have that with my son. I'll tell my son, I'll be like, son, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. 
la 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 and it's like i don't i don't really want to be doing that man like that's not that's the worst kind that's what i was what i'm talking about in school i felt like that i felt like i was like i got other shit i want to do i don't want to do any of this fuck your math and i don't know why i was like that yeah but i'm not like that maybe i might be like that with some 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 subjects but i'm not like that now like even with cleaning up my own shit like i gotta i want to clean my house because it's like set my house in order right like that means something to me yeah um the what what's something what's something that 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 has been helpful for you in working with other people and yourself to be able to stay motivated um and consistent on the path for like exercise man i just the number one thing i tell them because I I just so for last almost it's like a year and a half I've tracked or for a year straight I tracked exercises and weights that I did and food that I ate like down to the T. I used the My Fitness Pal app and I actually just I quit tracking exercises a couple months ago because I was like man like it looks like I plateaued you know or I lifted less this time um, and I got back to it's like I tell everything I was like don't look for results just trust the process and i finally actually just uh i quit tracking everything like maybe every other day i'll track what i eat just to make sure i'm still on track and eating enough but the biggest thing like that keeps me going is is i i just i tell everybody like it's it's going to be rough but you just don't look for results just trust the process at the end of the day and that's simply because you're going to look at yourself and you're not, going to, you're not going to see any change in yourself because you look at yourself every single day. You know, over the course of 365 days, you are not going to see any change in yourself because it's so little that your mind, it just becomes, nat- every time that little bit, it comes natural. But then somebody else sees you and they're like, dang, whoa, you are, you look extremely different or you're huge or hey, hey you've lost weight. Like they see, you don't see it, they do. And you just got to trust the process. And I see people in the gym, everybody tracking in their little notebooks. And I used to do it all on my phone, but they're writing down in their notebooks. Like, oh man, last Tuesday, last Tuesday I did this and I, I was able to do 13, but today I only did 11. So maybe, maybe, I, you know, what did I do wrong? That maybe it could be some, maybe you didn't eat enough. Maybe you added too much weight at first, you know, and you uh, to use a little too much energy at first, you know, maybe you take a long enough break. If you're trying to get bigger and you want like, you want max output, you need a little more rest. You got to take whatever time you need to feel like you can get that. But it's just don't, don't look for results. Cause for a long time, I was disappointed. Every single time I left the gym, months on months, I was just disappointed. Uh, and I realized, wow, I'm in my comfort zone. I'm lifting comfortably. I'm, you know, trying to find all these results and I'm trying to, trying to force myself to lift heavier so I can have an increase in weight so I can say I'm doing more and I have better results. In the end, I'm just hurting myself, burning myself out, wearing myself down. And it's like, cause I don't, I want the, I want to see these results. I want to physically see them and it doesn't work that way. You just don't look for it. The results will come at the end of the day. And I tell everybody that I'm like, look at me. I was 130 pounds in school. And my worst time in my life, I was uh, between 198 and 201. I was like, now you look at me and I'm 193. So in this five-year journey, 
of doing weights, I have only lost six pounds, but I am by far stronger, you know? Like, you just got to trust the results. I physically am the same weight, but strength-wise, I am one and a half times stronger, you know? Do, do you, so so with that said, like, are you bigger, heavier stack? You just, did you just become really good at delaying gratification and being disciplined? Meaning that you would go and you weren't being, like, satisfied in any way and you just knew, like, one day this will pay off? Or did you find like pleasure in the act of lifting itself or like, yeah. Or what happens when you finish the lift for the day? I find pleasure in it. Like I find pleasure in lifting. And for a while it was like 50, 50 by two. It's great. There's nothing about like I get nothing. I get a better feeling from than I come out the gym. I'm like, I got a good pump. My legs hurt. I get. I did a good leg day. My arms are swollen. I can get halfway up before I'm like, this is too heavy, and it feels good because I know in the end it's gonna, it's gonna pay off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna feel better in the end. Everything's gonna get easier. People are gonna look at me. The way people look at me is great, and the way people look at me and want to look like me and seek that knowledge, it's awesome. Like, because I've had a lot of people who just be like, dang, like. The guy who owns the gym the other day was like, yeah, this is weird, Carl. Are you wait for physical therapy? And I was like, yeah, why? And he's like, well, because when I see you in the gym, this is not where I see you. I don't see you on a couch in front of the TV. And this is a weird change to see you sitting here waiting for the next physical therapy spot. And to me, it's not normal. <laughs> because when you're in here, you're on the go and you're at the weights. And it was funny because then he, he's like, it's like i want to give you something out of my vending machine do you want like an energy drink or a gatorade or a bubbly and i was like i would love just a bottle of water and he's like wow don't got very many of those left but here you go here's a bottle of water and like seeing like that that was it was it shows me that like even the owner is just like so impressed with me Mm -hmm. that seeing that little difference he's like whoa dude and it's like it's not much of an impact on his life but it's enough like mm-hmm. that he knows he's like dang that's weird you know that's weird carl's not doing something right now carl's sitting on a couch right now that's so weird yeah. he's, sit- he's sitting on a couch in my gym what's wrong with him like you know uh and it's like that's satisfaction and it's like i've been in tough spots i've thought about steroids and stuff and i'm just like no you know what this this pays off Mm-hmm. I did steroids for three days one time. It was mm-hmm. three days, and it wasn't like no needle stuff. It was just a pill. Why do you need this? You act like you're, what you do is not good enough. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh my God, Carl! Carl Hyder's in a tough spot for once. But look at where you come, and look at how many people's lives you're changing when you do this. And you've done this for three years, and you're going to let something like this." ruin all the progress and she's like i don't even why talking to you because you're going to do it anyways and i went into the gym and i sat down on the bench and i looked at myself in the mirror and i was like man she's right i'm not i'm not some small guy i'm a big guy like before i get a 
like I am substantially bigger and she, I was like she's away and I was like I, I don't need this that was the biggest waste of money I had ever had and I was just like you know and I tell everybody that and I've, I've talked to quite a few different people out of wanting to do steroids I'm just like dude, dude don't do it like let me help you let me help you change your life like if I and help you with it and I guess it's like what if these one day like what if I, if I quit now these all these people that trust me are going to be like Carl it worked but they look at you Mm. Oh, why'd you stop mm. these people want to know, know where i got all these tips from and then they look at you and nothing fancy you know and it's uh it's just and then just like i said the feeling is so satisfying when i leave the gym and i'm like dang i drank 60 ounces of water in there most water i drank all day but my body feels good i sweat oh, okay. out crap from today my body feels good. Like all that anger I had at work because one guy is piece of crap or whatever. I somewhere else. Because if I'm mad here at work right now, guess what? Now shit's fucking up even more. So he's mm-hmm. yelling at me because he's mad about something I did over here. And now I'm mad about myself. And I'm mad at work about it. Now it's happening more and more and more. I'm just going to stay chill about it. Yep. Stuff happens. And when I get to the gym, I'm going to pump 30, 30 reps out to how angry I was at that point. And then check it out. Now I'm swole. I'm big as hell. And that's that's just whatever. That's just some crappy time of day that happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what, like, I had students who were aggressive and they were like, and I was like, maybe you get some weights. Like, there's studies that show, like, how much weight and even comp, like, martial arts. But for them, it was a little easier to sell them on weights. We get them weights. And if they were able to lift weights, like, make them heavy so they can't actually throw them. And, like, dude, we could, like, they could work out their anger like it's super helpful and then you could even see in this way like so it's even different than just punching a pillow like if you punch the bag and you're like let's do martial arts let's let's lift weights you can literally see look you're transmuting your anger into muscle like you know it's like that's that's insane or look you're like transmuting your anger into in martial arts into technique and into prowess and if you hurt your fucking training partner you're gonna leave so you know what i mean it's like you know if you go too far and don't regulate your anger in martial arts we're probably not going to let you in here and it's some people that's not the case but most of the time i've literally seen it play out and even the most shoddiest gyms with the, the lowest boundary that has been a thing i've seen where they were not considerate of their training partner and they're like listen if you hurt all these people people aren't going to want to train with you this isn't the space that we're going to have and if people are hurt how can they help you you know, and it's like, wow, I don't know how you could teach someone that unless they could experience that, you know, with dealing with their anger that way. Yeah. That's fact. It's fact. It's, it's like, um, with, with like your, with your work, because people, people have a, have a hard time with families and without families making time for these things and prioritizing um, exercise and maybe just recreation in general. But what do you, what makes it so worth it to you to make the sacrifice to set that time aside? And for people who don't even have families, like you sacrifice uh, time with people you love and with uh, making more money or whatever that is. Um, what, for, for people, like what's the, what makes it all worthwhile for you? (laughs) 
it uh honestly dude it makes me a better person and it's it's hard for my girl to understand but she she just recently we got we got married on we did all that and it, she just knows because even prior to that i was in the gym early morning because i'd taken the day off i was pumping weights and you can't a lot of the times and it's like it's going to be super sexist but i'm going to say that this is not the boss you're not top dog dude you go to work and you maybe you're getting shit on all day you're the bottom guy you know you're not being fully appreciated especially if it's like you're making these people a lot of you're not being fully appreciated and you go home and nobody wants to go home if they're if they're not feeling appreciated you know so one of the biggest things like a lot of arguments happen within the first 10 minutes of getting home because they don't let their spouse or somebody else have 10 minutes to themselves and then you know say hi in those first 10 minutes i'm already at the counter my pre-workout with the creatine my water getting my uh, eaas in line so i'm properly hydrated while i'm there and everything and i'm doing all that stuff um in those first 10 minutes the only person who is maybe talking to me or doing anything is one of my boys i'm not i'm dare i will never show one of them anger for something i did at work and after that i'm in a good mood but being able to, i'm i'm not so much appreciated at the gym but i'm at peace I'm alone. I've seen physical therapists and all that. Or not. I've seen therapists for my problems. They don't solve anything. I've seen, you know, I've tried talking about my problems angry and it, it doesn't solve anything for me. It might be different for other people, but for me, it's not it. For me, it's going in and being to the point where I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. don't have the time about it i don't have the energy to do that now i'm gonna sit down and whatever problems my wife had that day we're gonna talk about it like people we're not gonna come home we're not gonna come home feeling underappreciated and then come to a house where i feel like i might be appreciated and i'm angry Hell no. My time is being appreciated because guess what? I was gone at work. Daddy shows up for a little bit. Daddy leaves and the daddy comes back. My time is appreciated. And it's like, with that, I can appreciate my kids more because before that, I would just come home before the gym and I would just drink and play video games. And mm-hmm. my kids didn't appreciate that. I go every single day drinking half a six pack, you know, of tall boys playing video games, you know. He doesn't appreciate us. Now it's like, instead of, of, I mean, my thing is if I take the gym out, then I'm going to go back into that where I'm playing video games all the time. And I'm playing video games just as much as I'm sleeping or something, you know, not appreciating my kids and my family. Now it's like, they have to ask me to play video games. Like, hey, will you play video games with us? And I'll be like, all right, yeah, sure. I'll Mm -hmm. play some video games, but I can appreciate them more. I appreciate my time with them more. And I just, I recently quit drinking altogether. I've been about a month oh, wow. with nothing. Yeah. And I didn't drink that. I didn't drink that much 
before, but the fact that I, I'm nothing now, it's great. And since mm. I've been married, like my even my, my wife's mom is such like, what is something different about Carl? He has this different glow to him now that he's married. And that's just because like, dude, that's because it's my role. I'm a I'm a provider. And I was I'm happy when I'm a husband and I'm a provider. And one of the things was even at my wedding, my girl was like, just because we're getting married doesn't mean that you don't you don't go, you don't get to go to the gym and work out. Just because we're getting married today doesn't mean you you can you got to take the day off. Get in there and get your workout. Because she knows she knows I'm gonna be a better me. Because she knows it just as well. It's like if I don't go to the gym, chances of me starting to drink more and failing more and not having a little bit of time to myself is going to be greater. You know, if I, if I come home from leaving a, a job where everyone's a fucking asshole, everyone there's just like a piece of shit or whatever within your own work though you can't like you don't have a lot of control of your work maybe if you had like your own business you know but you're you have um people you have to provide services to um customers clients you have co-workers right or even co-owners um and you're kind of like in service to the to the profession right and when you go home like if your family's like been home all day and maybe like your significant other stays at home or they go to work, right. They had their own life too. And like now you're converging and having mutual lifetime. And it's like, you don't know what you went through or they went through all day. And that's just going to clash, but like recreation, you know, to like recreate things, right. You like, you're basically creating your own little bubble of an environment in a lot of ways. Um, whether you're participating in like, someone else's community-led event like you're lifting with, with people or you're doing a class and you don't teach the class right you're getting like you're going to this like shielded area that that you can just go and commit yourself fully to the thing that you wanted that you wanted or that's important to you and meaningful to you and that's when i think it sounds like you learn to be um, to be a provider for your family and then a provider for your own self Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> I'd say yeah. So you're right. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's just healthy. Like mm-hmm. you know, my body feels good. And like I said, I don't want to come home and just not be in the right mindset to talk because I'm mm-hmm. gonna blow what. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just knowing how much knowing how much it's changed my life is probably why it's such a huge priority to me because it's like dude this this took me out of the darkest time of my life and I don't want to take that away from myself and I'm not saying I would ever go back to that but at some point it's like I don't in the last five years I don't know life without the gym and I, I've been telling people for the last week, like, hey, when I go to do this job, because I'm going to be doing, like, extra time, because some guys, some guys go on vacation, like, I'm probably going to take a week off the gym. The whole week I'm covering this guy, I'm probably going to take the whole week off the gym. And people are like, are you really? And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. And as it gets lower to that time, I'm like, nah, I don't know if I can. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to know what to do. I've only ever done that one time, and that was to see if being in the gym is where I really wanted to be. And that was one month. 
And it was, I was like, yep, this is really where I want to be. The gym is where I want to be. It's like, and you think of that though, like, you know, where you, you might want to like drink more and you might want to play games more. Those things are fine, but you have to constantly exert the self-discipline. And some people do for exercise, but I think most people don't. And, you know, and even when you do have to exert self-discipline, you're fine if you, if you let it run your life, you know, because at the very least you're a bodybuilder or you're like some mega athlete, right? You're in the top 10% probably take it seriously enough. I'm like, dedicate yourself, right? Like your friend, the seven days a week wouldn't recommend it. And, uh, but that's not like drinking every day and drinking more and more and more, right? And like the more you drink, you don't necessarily feel the way, like the more you lift in the day. Right. And if you don't, if you just try to lift as maximally as possible, like some days you might want to drink as much as possible, right? Or get as high as possible. If you do that with lifting in the long term, it's not going to be good for maybe for your muscular development. And as you keep going, you get more and more fatigue. And there's maybe injury or fatigue or just fatigue that's coming along. But with alcohol, you're getting more and more drunk. <laughs> you know, you're getting more and more high. Um, or with cake, you're just like getting more and more fed until you're bloated. Right. And the, the after effects of being sore from exercise. Imagine that as opposed to being hungover or as opposed to, to having to go nap because you just ate so much, you know. Um, and then think about work. How does that affect your work when you when you lift weights? Right. Or maybe even talk like in a podcast. When you go to work now, you can so every load that you have to lift, even if it's 10 pounds and everyone, can, most people can lift 10 pounds, that 10 pounds is takes less calories, takes less effort every time because of what you do in your free little fun time. And with like a podcast, it's like when we talk, I have an easier time, you know, um, holding a conversation or asking different questions. And I'm more comfortable because I spent my, my alone time or whatever, my free time doing something that I found fun and that happened to be good, you know, or useful or, or whatever. And it was, it was actually fun too. And that's like, that's, that's what I seem so beautiful. It's like, even with your kids, you know, like you, you, I've, I literally have seen this. I've seen people vacuum the ground. They're in the fifties, mind you, but I believe you and your fifties, with this consistency, 60s, 70s, even you're not going to experience this. And I've seen it in proof of concept with people this old, but vacuuming the floor and saying the setting on the, the vacuum was too low. So it was too hard to push the floor. And they sit down because they're tired from vacuuming. And I even think as an ultra runner who loves to, I'll go run, you know, like maybe a 50 mile event. So I'll go run 50 miles without, without sleeping, right? In the, in the back country. And I'll do that, you know, once in the summer, like that's my big goal, right? Um, I used to be a person who wouldn't take my, my milk cups from my room into the kitchen. And sometimes if I waited five days, there'd be so many, I'd have to, carry it in all my arms and I just keep procrastinating. Do you know how absurd that is to me now as someone who is will run across my town, which is not that big across standpoint, right? I'll run across standpoint and I'll be like, you know, it'll be a little uncomfortable, but I could do it. Just like you're lifting weights now that you couldn't, you're 130 pound self. If you lifted it, you, you dare not to try, right? You're like your max right now, but I could run across town. Cause that's not even my max because I practice, not because I'm better than with my practice so when i have to get a cup and i gotta go from my room to the kitchen dude relatively to me that ain't nothing you know and it's not because i'm like i'm will nelson it's just because i've ran a lot <laughs>
That's crazy. It is true. So small things. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, you got kids. You got to lift those little ones up all the time. Nonstop. Yeah. 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 They're actually (laughs) screaming right now. They are not having a good time. Oh. Is um is there anywhere that people can find out more about you, Carl? Uh, anyway, face Facebook and Instagram, dude. So I don't I don't post a whole lot on Instagram. Usually, every now and then I do, and it's just like a flexing photo. Um, on Facebook, every time I work out with somebody for the first time in the gym, I post a photo, and a status of being that person. Um like hey you know look who who look who joined me did and i tag him in it uh does so other people know like oh hey cool that guy's actually Ron car like that's gonna be cool and then tiktok i do funny videos i posted a couple fitness ones on there like deadlift ones and then i mentioned g-shock or i made one where my friend tried to slack on a set so i literally got behind on the row machine and wrapped my arms around him <laughs> and i was, yeah. I was getting ready to row with him just funny <laughs> stuff like that but uh that's it yeah facebook Facebook, if anybody were to have questions about anything, Facebook would be it. If they, they could put some photos on Instagram, like, hey, that guy's actually pretty I mean, if usually every single day, for the most part, every time I'm in the gym, I'm posting, like, arm swell, leg swell. Look at these little baby legs trying to get a, you know, a workout on. Uh, <laughs> Facebook would be the place to go and just wait for my stories, honestly. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Carl. I appreciate all your time. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. You can check out Carl on Instagram, Facebook at Dr. Big D, D E E. Uh, and if you want to support the show, you can head over to becominghumanpodcast.com, sign up for the Patreon. We get uh, exclusive artwork every month and um, a bonus episode where I read you my favorite book of the month. You can also share the podcast with a friend or drop a comment on the website. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I'm going to play you out with a song by No Bird Sing and Christoph Crane called Sparrows. Enjoy. Bye, friends. There's nothing to know, there's no one to miss The longer I roam, the colder it gets alone Slowly I grow with the hole in my chest, the size of my head No, something I said, open it up, wandered inside Nowhere to climb, level the mountain, sever the spine Only the fountain, rusted and dry yes, death to the sky, hope that it lifts Face to my knees, I'm covered in dirt It's only a moment to focus within And the moment I leave is to know it is true No other option, off with the throne Broke as a promise, covered in gold Untangle the rope, for strangles The only remainder of home that I can for the search it Breathe it out, let the sparrows in your house Show them where the attic is And let them be the set of shop Watch them sing while you dance While you cook and while you break shit Never let them go, it's their escape Their escape, take it in and breathe it out Let the sparrows in your house Show them where the attic is And let them be the set of shop Watch them sing while you dance While you cook and while you break shit Never let them go, it's their escape Their escape, There's a black
blackbird sitting on a telephone wire He couldn't fly away because his wings were really tiger But he knew he had a family He missed him very much Pretty soon he will be back Pretty soon he will be back, 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 back Back to the strap, knee down to the tree Front to the trunk, hands up to the leaves Stand, squeeze, the last of the sunlight screens In between the man that I am in the sea Wanted to be drifted away Stay, follow your legs wherever they take you It's better that way I'll send you a kiss if you wish it away The way, the way it sways in the wind I lay all day awake, afraid, constrained, shake In my aging skin, there's no way out No way to prepare, no faith, naked again Ashamed, nothing to blame, I make believe I made a rainbow, watched it for the heavy Six side of each slave to free us all completely But entangled, obsolete, play fair Weak arms to feet, naive, hard to reach I'm hardly me, please I come to leave Take it in, breathe it out 